lift off and the clock has started. Pixel Life, we're talking episode 261, recording on September 16th, 2023. It's your boy, Justin Time Carter. And you know what? This week, we got some uh, a little Nintendo directage that, you know, happened. Um, we got a couple, you know, release dates, some uh, debacles to talk about. So, to do this, I have with me, as always, Shannon Grease Lightning Moore. What's up, guys? I'm here to uh, to anchor the show, uh, and not by like just hosting it, like and holding it down. I mean, like just dragging it down, just slowing it down, just dragging. <laughs> yeah, if if you are new to the podcast, you know that is a typical week by week. You know when Shannon's here, that's the name of the game. Yeah, I mean, people in the Discord actually say that we see bumps and numbers uh, when I leave the show. So. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, dude, how how was your week this week? Uh, bro, it was it was rough. Like uh, every day, there was something going on, and when I thought I had a moment to chill on my Friday night, I got a message saying, uh, you know, from my son's school, "Hey, look forward to seeing you tonight at the uh, at the sock hop." I was like, "Sock hop? <laughs> like what is going on?" Uh, so. You know, the time I usually get to play video games and catch up on my anime and do all that fun stuff was ruined by a uh, a school outing. Uh, but no, I I, <laughs> I kid. Uh, it it was funny because it's just like it's one of those places where all the parents know each other, all the kids know each other. It's like one of the best like environments for the kids and most of the parents. Uh, and they basically like lock the gate when you walk in, so like the kids are all contained. So it's like basically like. A little child quarantine, yeah, yeah, but like you know, you're in the middle of it, but like you have your own, it's like a prison yard. Like the kids have their side that they could just tear up and treat like whatever, and then the adults have their side, which has its own like things going on. So, um, the kids got like you know, had cotton candy and all the stuff that you know, all the crap basically, and they're just and we just let them loose, like to kind of just rave out, I guess, at, on the dance floor and stuff, and um. Yeah, it was a it was a good night for them. It was a good night for them. Uh, my son Dude, slept slept in an hour today, and I was very happy. Dude, sounds like I would be hanging out on the kid side, man, <laughs> slinging fun it, trading with the adult side, like being the little median barter between oh, the dude, two factions. You, you would you would have thrived in that environment. Like, I mean, it was just insane. Uh, all of them wearing a uh, very similar style to what your boy wears. Um, you know, just out there with their oversized tanks and some skinny jeans like bright colored skinny jeans like out there doing the worm on the dance floor oh just phenomenal they're out there Fortnite dancing all over the dance floor <laughs> pretty, pretty much like it's like if you put your emote uh dial on random and then just let it the controller pick like while it was just like randomly going around that's pretty much how all the kids were there so dude that's great dude i had an incredibly busy week as well but Last night, for my friend Tyler's birthday, 
he he turned um i think did he turn 33 or 34 i'm not sure but uh for for his birthday he wanted to do something fun and in town um this month is a burlesque show called uh the empire strips back yeah and it is a star wars themed burlesque show and i ended up getting suckered in the going <laughs> and i was pleasantly surprised by it like i've never been to a burlesque show i've been to a strip club but i've never <laughs> been to like a actual like burlesque show mm-hmm. and i was kind of i was shocked like i thought it was gonna be i guess a little more edgier than it actually was like i almost feel like you probably could have brought kids to it like <laughs> i mean it would have been questionable on the parent side but i don't think like you would have got like as many dirty looks as I feel like I expected um, to get. But they, my biggest thing was I wasn't sure how heavy into the actual, you know, Star Wars were they going to lean. <laughs> and the um, only person I know who goes to a burlesque show and cares about the plot. <laughs> yes. Like, but my thing is like, you know, how much like is it just like, you know, some chick wearing a stormtrooper mask like stripping like that's what i mean like mm-hmm. how how much are they invested in the fact that this is supposed <laughs> to be a star wars based burlesque show and i will tell you right now they were heavily invested the host was dressed like lando okay. and you know he would come out and do whatever like the show started with um a chick kind of dressed up like luke at the beginning of episode four and she okay. was on the back of one of those little two-leg walker things that he cuts a ta- open. A tauntaun? Yeah, uh-huh, yes. Uh-huh, so she yeah. was on a tauntaun and came out and was, like, <laughs> dancing and then got off the tauntaun and was, like, stripping. And the tauntaun was, like, kind of playing around and, like, falls over. And then, you know, at the end she ends up, like, after getting naked, like, slits it open and, like, crawls inside. And then, like, the next piece was, like, someone washing a... Uh, the little fucking hover vehicle that they're in you know where like this is not the georgia like that car it was someone doing like the washing the car and getting all sudsy and like whatever and it's like those were all right like i'm like okay like you know it's kind of star like whatever i see what they're going it's not like heavily but then man dude they went for it like there was one where it was job of the hut and it was slave leia uh-huh. And they had an actual big, like, job of the hut on stage. And, like, his arms moved, his mouth moves. He was rapping Notorious B.I.G. <laughs> while this was happening. And she was wearing the chain. And they had a bunch of, like, uh, you know, the lo- other little aliens, like, you know, playing poker or whatever. And they were getting into it, like, dancing and stuff. And he's rapping. And then, like, you know, Leia's, like, up there swinging the chains around. And he's, like, hitting her ass and stuff. And then she, like, ropes his neck with the chains and fucking, like, strangles him at the end. And I was like, dude. <laughs> That was pretty great. Like, the music selection was on point. Like, they had Notorious B.I.G. Like, Die Antword came on at one point, and it was like, Babies on Fire, and they were, like, dancing to that. That was pretty dope. They did Miley Cyrus's I Came In Like a Wrecking Ball, and it was <laughs> Palpatine, and he stripped, and someone was in, like, a full, like, wrinkly old man costume, and he had a <laughs> tiny penis and just, like, hangers for balls. And he was, like, whipping them around everywhere. Like, the people in the front row, he was standing there shaking his fucking balls at people. And then a giant wrecking ball came out that was shaped like the Death Star. And it was, like, a giant disco ball. And he got on top of it and was actually swinging, like, in the music video for Wrecking Ball. It was 
Like, I was like, okay. Like, I enjoyed that. Like, once they, like, started, like, fully just like, mm. oh, no, we're just going to make it weird, and we're just going for it. Like, it was pretty great. There was also, like, a uh, an Asian Han Solo, mm-hmm. and Leia came in, and it was, like, the scene where he's in the uh, carbonite or whatever, and, like, she rescues him, and they were doing this number... And then the alien that he shoots in the fucking bar Greedo. shows up. Greedo, and, yeah. yeah uh-huh. Guido. And uh-huh. they get into a shootout. <laughs> no, Greedo, not Guido. <laughs> Whatever. All right. Gr- Two totally different things. <laughs> the alien shows hey, up. Hey, I'm taking offense here. You can't talk to this Guido about Guidos. Hey, yo, cabs are here. <laughs> oh. Jesus so Christ. Get, okay, yeah, Shannon, we're moving past it, Shannon. He gets in a shootout with the fucking alien, the Guido, if you will, and uh, he's on the ground, and then the alien's, like, crawling towards Han Solo, and then both him and Leia are, like, dancing, and they become this, like, thruple oh, on man. stage. It was pretty great. Oh, man. Little Guidos everywhere. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, if you are in the, uh, you know, Phoenix area, I definitely recommend it's There are two more weeks going at the, uh, it's like downtown Phoenix, Empire Strips Back. Recommend it. Yeah, it's like a touring thing, right? Because I know it was out here in San Francisco not too long ago. Um, yeah, yeah, because I think it was only here for like September and nice. then they're leaving. Interesting. Well, yes. I, I'm glad... I'm glad you had a good experience, and <laughs> I'm glad that you enjoyed the plot of the burlesque show. Yes, I mean, the dancing and stuff, like, it was hit or miss. Like, some of it was, like, good. Some, I'm like, oh, dude, this person is, like, you know, when there's, like, five or six of them, and they're kind of, like, going down the line, like, there was a couple where I'm like, oh, this person's, like, a second or two behind everybody <laughs> else. But for the most part, I felt like everyone did a really good job. Like, the dancers did a good job. They made it fun. The host like wasn't super cringy or anything like in between like some of his jokes actually like landed and were like really good so you got your money's worth is what you're saying yes i did i even though i didn't actually pay to go i i one of the caveats (laughs) was some there was an extra ticket Mm -hmm. and so i went it was still i wouldn't have felt bad though had i actually paid like i would have been like you know what that was a fun experience and then we went into some speak easy afterwards and had a couple cocktails and that was fun nice did you actually have a cocktail or did you were you like the dd or no uh we ubered there so i did have it was called like a perfect pear or something like that but it had like a little peach ring in it and like vodka and peach bitters and i had two of those and i was pretty fucking lit and then after (laughs) that we walked over to this restaurant called I think it's called like the cornish hen or something mm-hmm. like that and i had this like shepherd's pie and dude at, and that was like like midnight and that shit hit the spot at midnight <laughs> i was like oh my god like i wasn't hungry before but mm-hmm. then after sitting there and when it came out it had like the gravy like sauce and stuff with it and i was like oh man uh, i ate half of it and then brought the other half home for megan nice like, it's amazing what good cooking will do like it could take somebody who's not hungry to you know scarfing down a full meal Exactly. Like, yeah, especially the alcohol, I think, really helped. Um, But I'd never been to this place, and, like, everyone else had, and they were like, oh, dude, you're going to love it. It's, like, so good. And I got to try, like, er like, everyone had their forks, and they're like, oh, dude, try mine, Justin. Try mine, Justin. Everything was good. (laughs) I was like, oh, man, all right. I'm, like, definitely going to have to come back here. That's rad. It's good when you find a good spot. 
like a new like spot that you normally wouldn't have tried on your own. Yeah, because I'll be honest, like the only time I ever really go uh, downtown is for like Comic Con because <laughs> I fucking hate downtown Phoenix. Like it, it's dude, it's literally like L.A. Like it is a bitch to find parking like fucking anywhere. Like the the homeless are out of control down there, and every time I've ever gone downtown, like constantly, like every other street is under construction. So it's like, oh, it's down to one lane, or this street's closed, and I'm just like, dude, like, it's just a bitch to navigate around if you're driving. Like, if you're Ubering and walking around and doing whatever, it's not a big deal. But trying to drive to downtown and then pay for parking and do whatever, like, no. It's a fucking pain in the ass. I feel you, bro. I feel you. Yeah, as someone who lives in California, I'm sure (laughs) that is just... A day in the life for you. So. Yeah, who is in downtown San Jose? Like, uh, let me tell you, San Jose decided that they were going to bring back something that they hadn't had in a long time, and that was to have cruising uh, be allowed on the uh, the downtown street. But now it's sanctioned by the city, so they have like a time when you can do it and not get a ticket, right? So they close off the street, and it's like the they 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 block off Santa Clara Street for like three blocks, like so you can cruise, turn around, cruise and turn around, do your thing, whatever. Um, but they do it from three to like seven o'clock on a Friday, which is like, you know, right in peak rush hour traffic. You cut down, like you, you basically block half of the main thoroughfare off uh, to people driving through. So they got to kind of navigate around the neighborhood of one way streets. So you can only imagine what that does to uh, rush hour traffic on a Friday when people just want to get home. Yeah. It's uh, it's rough. Sounds like a personal nightmare. Yes, it is. Speaking of uh, personal nightmares, uh, Justin, you uh, want to talk about this Mortal Kombat release on the Switch? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that, hey, I appreciate the transition. Uh, you know, if you haven't noticed, Zach isn't here to do his smooth transitions. We we had to record a little early because your boy is going to you know Disneyland for the fifth time this year. So uh, <laughs> I, I, I leave tomorrow and I'm not coming back until... Tuesday or whatever. So me and Shannon were recording a little bit early. Zach couldn't mm-hmm. make it. But yeah, I, he uh, he went he went out fishing. He uh, he's he's taking his son out. Uh, they're going to, you know, his son wanted to see the Jaws ride at Universal Studios, and Zach was like, "No, we're not going all the way to L.A. for a plastic shark. I'll take you out in the bay, and you can find a real one." So they went out. They went out in a boat and did some fishing. Dude, that's so <laughs> a. As someone who knows that Zach hates fucking camping, the fact that he's willing to go fishing, which is like, I feel like the equivalent to camping, but you're just not staying the night. <laughs> that's what it, uh, that's his hangup about camping is you like you have to stay in the dirt. Like he doesn't want to stay in the dirt. Yeah, He'll play in the he dirt. He wants to just visit the dirt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, I'm excited to hear about Zach's fishing trip next week. But I know Shannon was very excited to hear about. How fucking shitty this Mortal Kombat 1 uh, <laughs> Switch port was. And let me oh tell you what. I, I, A, I did not even realize Mortal Kombat 1 came out. Um, <laughs> I was only made aware of its release due to people posting screenshots on Twitter of 
side-by-side <laughs> the -side comparisons between what it looks like on PS5 and what it looks like on the Switch. <laughs> and I'll tell you what it looks like is on PS5, <sighs> it looks really good. It looks really nice. Like, you know, textures look good, people. <laughs> like, it, it's up there. You look at it on the Switch and... Dude, it looks like a lot of people's eyelids like did not load in. Um, people's skin that would normally have texture is just this oily, Waxy. almost like putty-like substance. Uh, anything that would or have like a pattern of some sort, like a shirt or something, it's like that is gone. Hair, it's like yeah, forget about it. It's just it's there. I guess it looks very much like someone took a screenshot off like something that was not Steam Deck verified and blew it up from like a 480 resolution into a 720 resolution. Oh man, the the pictures you paint with your words are just phenomenal. You're the Bob Ross right now of of, of descriptions. Like it's I mean, you hit the nail on the head. I think what you got to do is you got to put the screenshot in uh, the group, in like the, the Discord, so that people can see what you're talking about when the show hits. Because that Johnny Cage one just wrecks me every time I open it up. Like, <laughs> you find yeah. like one new thing that you just, you just got to laugh at. <laughs> yeah, that is what's funny. And I will post the pictures because the side by side comparison, when it shows the PS5 one, you know, he has this very kind of like disgusted look on his face on the <laughs> PS5 one. But on the Switch, he very much looks like he just shit his pants in the elevator and realized that he just shart himself. And is yeah. surprised oh, as God. all hell that that just happened. It, it looks to me like all of like the, the basically like the PlayStation Five got like the Elite Squad, and like then Nintendo got the interns. <laughs> yeah, it looks like the PS Five got the actual like 1.0 release of the game, and the Switch <laughs> got like whatever was made like a year and a half into development. <laughs> Yeah, it looks like it looks like the PlayStation Five got like uh you know the actual game, and it looks like uh Nintendo got maybe like the version that fell on the ground and got cracked, and like some of the data got like f like messed up and forgotten, and they just put it in then <laughs> and tried to sell it, tried to repeat yeah, it. Yeah, they got the version that's running on Windows XP with all the <laughs> settings on low, and you haven't updated the video card in five years. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just trying its hardest. <laughs> I'm surprised that Nintendo just doesn't explode when it has to try to process any of the stuff in this game. Yeah, and that's what surprises me is like, like, you know, I don't know if it was under contract. Someone obviously approved this game being on <laughs> Switch. And I get that, you know, obviously, like, the Switch version could have probably used another couple months for polish. I get that they wanted to do a simultaneous release with the other versions, uh, but I feel like if this is what it looked like and coming out, I feel like someone should have made that call to say, you know what, guys? It's going to be disappointing <laughs> for the Nintendo Switch Mortal Kombat 1 fans, but I feel like they'll appreciate us not just taking their money and giving them this. Uh, I think they'll appreciate us taking the extra couple months to give them something. Okay. And I just wanted to say real quick, graphics-wise, like, shit on it. I also read, I guess, at one point in the game, there's a fight that cuts between cinematic and actual fighting. And, you know, on the PS5, Xbox One, I guess that's not a problem. On the <laughs> Switch, there's load times. 
And so they were saying that they'd be in the middle of this fight, and then it would stop, and then a loading screen would happen, and then a part of a cutscene would happen, and then a loading screen would happen again, and then you're thrown back into the fight. But that happens like two or three times during the fight. And it's like, yeah, if that's not happening seamlessly, like, that's atrocious. I would probably have just turned the game off right then and there if I had to wait for three different load times during one fight. Now, being, like, you know, in this situation, who do you blame more? Like, or or who do you fault more? Not blame, because, like, I mean, they're trying to put out a product for people who only have one console and, and want to play a Mortal Kombat game. I get it. It's a valiant effort. But do you fault Nintendo for trying to push this out and promise this when they did? Or do you blame purchasers of the game because you kind of know you're getting a system that's probably 13 years as far as like hardware in the unit goes like 13 years behind what's running it right now like i mean you know you have an underpowered console that you're playing games on like why do you think why do you have the expectation that this is going to look beautiful on the switch yeah it's hard to at some point yeah i personal responsibility does have to come in for the fact that you know you are buying a current gen game on a console that is not current gen so obviously it's not going to be up to snuff as your ps5 and xbox one you know versions of the game but at the same time you know i don't really blame nintendo like nintendo i don't think was like oh we want mortal kombat 1 on the switch like i think that kind of comes from the developer side that they want to put it out on the switch Mm -hmm. um so you know, that kind of comes onto them and their porting team or whatever, putting it on the console. But I get it that, you know, you you run into the, we're designing a current-gen game, but then you don't want to design it, like, to be, like, a past-gen. Like, oh, well, we're going to design it around it actually running really good on the Switch and make, like, the PS5 and the current-gen version suffer because you're having to dumb everything down for an older console. Like, you don't want to do that (laughs) but at the same time you also don't want to push out whatever the fuck this is (laughs) to the masses because you know i know they say no like no publicity is bad publicity but these screenshots kind (laughs) of tell me a different story dude can you imagine being in that office or in that meeting where like the developers or like the the employees are sitting there and the boss comes in and goes hey guys guess what I got a brand new opportunity for you guys. We're going to put Mortal Kombat 1 on the Switch. And just to hear the audible gasp or cries or screams like of the people realizing what that entails for them. <laughs> Dude, I would love to be a fly on the wall of whatever meeting is going to happen this week. Where they're like, yeah, you know, we released. Reception was really well. So uh, the Switch version went over like a lead balloon. <laughs> On social media. So uh, I hope you guys like Overtime because we're going to be doing a lot of it trying to fucking fix this shit. God dang, dude. Like, yeah, I feel sorry for those cats, but, you know, whatever. Now, you, can't, you can polish a turd. It's still a turd. Yeah. So, you know, we've been talking a lot about games that don't look good on the Switch, but I'm excited to talk about some that do look good on the Switch because, yeah. man... We got a September Nintendo Direct this week. And let me tell you what, 
Like, these last couple Nintendo Directs, in my opinion, have been stacked with shit that I actually want to play and want to get. So, you know, let's uh, let's get started here. I remember, if you're a listener of the show, a few podcasts back, I was talking about how I was really craving playing Lemmings, and you can't play Lemmings on anything anymore. Like, you can't get it on Steam, you can't whatever, and I'm like, man, where did all the Lemmings-like games go? Well, guess what? Nintendo's bringing their Lemming-like game back with the Mario vs. Donkey Kong. It is coming back to the Switch. Um, it comes out February of next year, and if you never played it, it's a remake of the, I believe, the first Game Boy Advance version where it's basically Mario and Donkey Kong, and you have these little robot, like, Marios that you're trying to, like, guide through puzzles and stuff, and Donkey Kong's doing shit to try and destroy them and stop you. Um, I'm happy that we are... It, you know, it's a remake, but it's one of those things. Like, it's for a new generation. Like, the Game Boy Advance one came out, like, when I was fucking, like, 10 or mm-hmm. whatever. So, you know, it's been long overdue for another one. So, I like the fact that it's coming back. You know, hopefully it does well. And, you know, we'll get more of them. Um, we're getting more uh, Splatoon. I guess, you know, people want that. I'm actually surprised we got to see a little bit more of the new, the they kind of teased a Princess Peach game where she's like the lead protagonist and they actually showed some real gameplay for that. It's called Princess Peach Showtime, which I think is funny because it's like she's changing costumes and it's an action platformer, but there was a game that I don't know how many people played it. I bought <laughs> it and I was severely disappointed by it, but it was called Wario Master of Disguise. It was on the Nintendo DS, and it's essentially Wario, and he has all these different costumes, and you have to go through, do whatever. This is literally Wario Master of Disguise, but with Princess Peach. Except Wario Master of Disguise fucking sucked. I hated it. (laughs) I love Wario. I love the Wario Land game, so I was stoked when it came out. It was not Wario Land. It was not designed like Wario Land. It just was not that good. So this looks like a slightly better version of master of disguise um it's coming out march of next year i think it looks interesting like i'm not 100 percent sold on it only because i was very much burned by master of disguise so i i'm sure it's gonna be good like nintendo i don't think especially after that debacle wouldn't just like shovel out something <laughs> horrible like obviously uh, I think they've probably fixed some of the problems that Master of Disguise had. Mm-hmm. Um, we're also getting more more of Zach's favorites, you know, because Switch is a port machine. We're getting the Luigi's Mansion 2 mm-hmm. HD, mm-hmm. and that's coming to Switch, which I did like that one. Um, I, I honestly think it's probably, in my opinion, the weakest of the three Luigi Mansion games, but because it has like more of like an arcade feel to me than like the other two um where it, the level it's not like one giant like interconnected mansion or whatever it's kind of like separate levels and stuff like that so okay. it, it feels a little different but i'm excited that you know it's coming to the switch um in a surprise announcement uh which i know one mike of the podcast was talking about uh f-099 uh came out and mm-hmm. that's out now 
Um, I'm going to talk about it a little bit because I got to play a little bit of it. Um, but it's essentially F-Zero, which is the <laughs> Super Nintendo racing game. But you're playing with 99 other people. And the way it works, though, is like you're racing around the track and you have energy. And when you bump into other players and stuff, you like also lose energy. And if once your energy runs out, your car just like explodes and it's game over. So you're trying not to bump into people. When people do bump into each other, it creates these like little yellow orb things. And when you pick up enough of them, you unlock your like little special that takes you onto a path above the track that you're able to, you know, so you're not bumping into everybody. It makes it like a little easier. So that's cool. I like the fact that they've kind of run with this like 99, like it started with Tetris 99 Mm -hmm. and then you had like the Mario 35 and Pac-Man 99. So this is like the next iteration of it. Um, So I like the fact that they're kind of, you know, keeping that tradition and it adds a little something for like the Nintendo Switch Online where it's like, hey, you know, it's free. If you have online, you can just play it. Like it's a fun, like little time killer sort of game. So I like that they're kind of keeping up with doing those types of games. Um, you know, I'm just going to get right into my fat dude. Paper Mario Thousand Year Door <laughs> coming out on the Switch. And when I tell you that they were like, oh, we have one more announcement. And I'm like, oh, what's like their big thing that they're going to show? That's usually like the big last thing that they show. And when I saw the book for Thousand Year Door show up on the screen, I legit stopped what I was doing at work <laughs> and a legit tear <laughs> ran down my eye. I was so fucking happy that it's been rumored for years and years and years that we were getting a Thousand Year Door remake, and it's happening. It's coming out next year. They didn't give an exact date. They just said 2024, but it looks fantastic. It's one of those where it looks like you, how you remember it looking when you played it when it came out on the GameCube. Like it, because I, as someone who just recently replayed Paper Mario 64, and I go back every few years and I actually replay Thousand Year Door, I'm like, dude, like graphics wise, they uphauled everything. Like, I honestly think it looks nicer than Origami King. Um, like, it looks, instead of paper, everything almost kind of looks more like cardboard ish. And it has, like, you can see almost everything has, like, layers to it, which looks very impressive. Like, they've also changed a lot of, like, designs. Like, in towns, you know, it's like, oh, you have your toads and whatever walking around. Some of them look a little, you know, like, more generic toads. But everyone looks a little more, like, unique. Like, they put a lot more, like, emphasis into, you know, characters walking around in the world. Um, during certain scenes that they showed, like on the murder mystery train, whatever, people actually like emote now, like your partners have like little reactions and like people react to certain situations instead of just having the same like generic face the entire time. Um, so I feel like they really like added a lot more life and like flair into the game, which I, I'm incredibly excited to replay it's rad. I'm happy for you. Did you ever play Thousand Year Door, Shane? <clears throat> no, it it was uh, out on a system that I rarely. I, I didn't get into like 3ds like style games until maybe almost towards its end. Almost towards the Switch came out, so like I missed out on a lot of opportunities to enjoy these games. But I don't know 
if I saw that game back, you know, when it was relevant, if I would be inclined to play it or not. Because, like, you know, at the time I was, like, first-person shooter exclusively, like, and, you know, I didn't really have, like, Nintendo devices, so it wasn't really on my radar, you know? But now that I've played the Origami King uh, or that other Paper Mario... Yeah, uh, Origami King was the yeah. last one. I uh, I want to give it. A, I give it a try. Yeah, I honestly think you'd really enjoy it. Uh, Thousand Year Door, in my opinion, is the best of the Paper Mario games. I really liked Origami King. That's definitely up there. But like the big two were always Paper Mario sixty four and then Thousand Year Door, and everything else always just kind of came afterwards. Because after Thousand Year Door is when they switched up the formula because, like, the Mario and Luigi games were coming out and stuff, so they kind of moved away from the, oh, we have partners and whatever, and, like, went into your Sticker Star Sagas and your uh, Color Splashes and stuff, which those did not do nearly as well. So, let me ask you, the, 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 isn't this the one that you just played, like, a month ago? Like, or a couple weeks no, ago? No, uh, I replayed the very first one. Okay. Which okay. It was on the N64, which was the very first Paper Mario. Okay. Uh, Thousand Year Door was on the GameCube. And I do go back, um, because I do actually own the game, and, you know, I have a Wii. So, I do go back every, like, I don't know, I think the last time I played it was maybe, like, three-ish years ago. Um... So it's one of those where there's very few games that I will constantly return to and play, but Thousand Year Door is one of them just because I absolutely love it. Nice. That's good. Very good. Uh, <clears throat> pardon me. Um, so here, let me let me ask you a question because it's been something yeah. that I've been thinking for a while now, especially in the last couple days, like leading up to the end of the year. Because, like, I watched the PlayStation Direct and, uh, or like, you know, snippets of it. And then like, I didn't even know about the Nintendo one until recently, but, um, I was just thinking about how this year with so many games that have already come out and so many more that can, to come, like keep coming where, like, are you getting fatigue? Are you getting like, it, uh, do you feel because of the amount of games that are out there right now that you have um, like a lackluster response when you see new stuff that you're excited like you know new games like are you just like oh like another game like another game that's coming out that I have that I want to buy that I'm not going to have any time for there's like too many games coming out this year that I want to play and I can't play them like you know do you get frustrated when you see that like stop it like <laughs> Just stop giving us games. Like, give it. Like, wait until next year. Like, <laughs> you know, like it's like I do. Like, there are certain. Like, it's hard because I know the rest of this year is stacked. You know, with the games, and there's shit like Resident Evil Four remake. That's mm -hmm. like I do still want to play, but it's like, dude, that's fallen so far to the fucking wayside <laughs> because yeah. so. And I constantly <clears throat> even forget that that's something that came out this year because so much it's just a constant like new game drop new game like every fucking month like there's like at least three or four titles that drop that it's like dude i want to play and it's just so much to keep up with that it's hard um i know like next week liza p comes out mm -hmm. and since there's been this huge influx of games and stuff too i've kind of uh 
you know, I've gotten to the point where I've become very accepting of, I want to play this, but I know I'm not going to finish it. Which I know in the past, I've been, oh, no, dude, okay, I gotta, you know, I'm p put your head down and I'm going to get through this game to, you know, roll credits on it. But as I've gotten older, I've become very accepting of, like, yeah, I'm going to, I want to play this to check it out, but I don't feel like an incessant need to beat the game anymore. Like, there's certain ones where I do want to beat, like Sea of Stars, I've been playing Sea of Stars. And I know a with 100% certainty in my heart, like, I'm going to beat Sea of Stars. I will roll credits on that. It's going to be done and because I've been enjoying playing it. But, like, Starfield, I know in my heart I'm never going to beat Starfield. <laughs> like, that's just not going to happen. And I know with Liza P, I'm going to check it out and I'm going to play it. But the odds of me finishing Liza P are slim to none. Like, I will probably get to a point in it and then the next game's going to come out and I'll jump off of it. Which is why I do really like, uh, you know, Game Pass in the sense that, like, you know, Starfield, it's on Game Pass. Sea of Stars, Game Pass. Liza P, Game Pass. And that makes it, I feel like, a lot easier to stomach, too, when it's like, okay, well, I didn't just drop, like, $70 on something that I'm going to play for three hours and then just completely drop off of, like... You know, I pay for Game Pass, I can install it, and then, you know, next month they'll release something else that I want to play on Game Pass, and I'll move on to the next thing, and I don't, I can uninstall it, and I don't really feel bad, because I didn't go out and actively purchase the game. Uh, so that makes it a little easier. Nice. Yeah, I uh, was just thinking about that, because it's, uh, it's been a good year. Good year for games, and I'm wondering how 2024 is going to shape up uh, in wake of this. Like, I think everybody's just going to be super disappointed. But yeah, it just kind of feels like within the last like two months, like heading into like the end of the the year, it just feels like every two weeks there's been like a major game that somebody's been like, "Have you played this yet? Have you done this yet? Have you tried this?" And I was just like, "Dude, like the fatigue is real. Like, I just don't want to. I don't want any more new games. Like, I'm now. I'm. <laughs> I think I'm more frustrated when I see people being like, "Here's this new game that you got. You want to play?" And I sit there and I watch it. I was like, "I do want to play that." Shit. <laughs> so, yeah. It's, Dude, uh, I, 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 I would not be sad if 2024 slowed its roll and I could just <laughs> knock more of 2023's backlog out in 2024. <laughs> yeah, you heard it here first, uh, folks. Uh, we're gonna. We're just gonna twenty twenty four is just gonna be twenty twenty three times two. <laughs> yeah. For the for the game of the year for twenty twenty four, it's gonna be stacked with twenty twenty three games in that category. <laughs> Dude, I had to look the other day to make sure that God of War Ragnarok came out last year so that it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't another game I had to think about this year. Dude, I'm proud of you doing your due diligence now versus game of the year. Like you've learned from game of the year's past to check the release date on some of these games. I it's I'm a slow learner, but you know it's it's funny that uh you know we have my own category in the game of the year rewards now. So you know it worked out. It worked out well, well for me. I will say though, I don't know like to, like there's a lot of stuff that I know is coming out in 2024 that doesn't mm -hmm. actually have dates and stuff. But mm -hmm. I know for you, uh, Final <laughs> Fantasy VII Rebirth coming out February 29th, twenty twenty. Dude, that's so awesome! I'm so excited! I'm so stoked! Just give me that game. I'm gonna buy. It's insta buy for me. I don't care. So what's funny was I actually saw an article the other day online about Square was talking about how they like, I want to say lost like a billion dollars or something like that. And On what? It, so here's the thing is 
in the article, like, it had a picture of Final Fantasy 16, and they were, like, making it seem like Final Fantasy 16, like, tanked or something, and that they lost a bunch of money. And I was like, dude, there's no fucking way that Final Fantasy 16, like, lost them that much money. Like, I know it was fairly well-received. Like, a lot of people fucking bought it. Like, I know it probably wasn't as well-received as they would have liked. Like, it wasn't, like, a Final Fantasy VII remake, like, type of reception. I know some people had issues with the story and, like, how linear the game is or, like, whatever. But I was like, no way in hell did that game... Was that the game that broke the camel's back? And come to find out reading the article, yeah, it wasn't that. They were like, oh, yeah, no, because of the Marvel's Avengers and bespoken or like whatever that fucking other game was that mm-hmm. completely tanked for square between those two games they lost a billion dollars which as soon as i saw the words marvel's avengers i was like ah yes <laughs> there it is that is the uh, that is the straw that broke the camel's back was marvel's avengers yeah i was, gonna, to go- I was gonna say they, they needed another game to take the fall with the avengers and like they just chose like the bespoke game but like three quarters of that billion dollars is probably from marvel <laughs> oh 100 percent. going from like a 60 dollar game to like two weeks later a 40 dollar game to a year later it's fucking free <laughs> and to then a year later going yeah we're shutting this bad boy down <laughs> like that thing just hemorrhaged money left and right yeah uh yeah killing robots not so much fun in a marvel game who would have figured but uh this uh second portion of so did they <clears throat> confirm at all that like the Final Fantasy Seven like is gonna be three a three game or is it like a two game or like four game kind of like series? I think so as far as I know, it is gonna be three. Um I know people were excited that um the second part is on multiple discs. Um which is, you know, kind of wild considering like how big these like blu-ray discs are now (laughs) sorry to people who have a hard drive only playstation 5 (laughs) your 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 console is now exclusively a final fantasy 7 console exactly like yeah (laughs) if you have the digital only ps5 you best be putting a uh, solid state on your christmas (laughs) list this year so that you actually have room to download final fantasy when it comes out (laughs) God damn, that's going to be a huge file. Like, why don't you know what they should do? They should just sell like a USB attached drive that you can put next to your PlayStation so you can put the games in and play them. I, I mean, mean, that's what that's, I would need. <laughs> that would be the easier the thing, way. Is even if you had the disc one, it just installs the game on your console anyway. It's not like it's not the PS2 GameCube era where you just go to Blockbuster, get the game, slap it in, and it runs. Like, really? You have your day I thought, one patch. I thought, like, a portion of it was, like, on the, uh, a portion of it was, like, on the disc, and then, like, most of it, like, was on the, your console. But, like, it helped to have the disc because it would, like, boot your game faster or whatever. I mean, maybe. I, I don't know the science behind it, Shannon, but I can't imagine it makes that much of a difference. <laughs> like maybe if you have like you know you're like oh dude i only have like 30 gigs left on my hard drive or something like if you're like that low on it it might that couple gigs that it's saving might make or break <laughs> the difference between you having to uninstall another game to fucking play it but i in the long run i can't imagine that really matters 
Mm. I mean, I guess you're right. But, but you know, you know, I mean, that that was just, it's funny how you have like those little urban legends that like, you know, people are like, oh yeah, you want the disc one because it's the, or the, the one with the disc in it because it'll make the game load faster. It'll play better. So like everybody's just like looking for these disc drives. Well, I also know there's just a lot of people who prefer physical media because they're like, oh, well now Sony can't remove it off the PlayStation store and I own it forever now. Uh, that's malarkey. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, it's one of those things where I feel like sometimes, yes, there are a few instances where shit like that will happen where it's like, oh, you know, like this eShop is going down or this and that so you can have it. But most of the time, by the time that happens, like the reality of you ever going back and like being like, oh, well, like I need like, this game or whatever on this console that I haven't thought about in five years or whatever. Like, by the time most of that stuff happens, like, by the time the PlayStation 5 whatever shit, it's, like, it'll be on, like, PS7 before you have to, like, worry about, <laughs> like, oh, my PS5 game that I didn't get a physical disc for is going away. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't care. Dude, speaking of stuff going away, though, uh, really quick, I wanted mm-hmm. to talk about uh, all over my Twitter feed this week was a lot of uh, backlash at Unity for th- basically them fucking over developers, which is a bold choice on Unity's <laughs> part. I'm going to give that to them because so for those of you that don't know, Unity is a game development software that's used to make games. Some games you may know that were made in Unity are games like Among Us, uh, Cult of the Lamb, um, uh, Slay the Spire, like a lot of indie games, especially Devolver ones, and a lot of big hits that you know were made in Unity. And Unity came out and this week changed their terms of service and... We're basically like, well, so starting January 1st, uh, all games that use Unity are going to be charged 20 cents for each game installation. And once it hits a threshold of 200,000 downloads and $200,000 in revenue, uh, like these charges are going to like kind of go into effect. And we have someone on our back end that's going to, like, be keeping track of these installs and whatever to tell you, like, how much money you owe us. And as you can imagine, and here's the thing, too. So this works on multiple things. A, this isn't just, like, they're like, oh, starting January 20, like, January 1st, this is what's happening. It's not just on, like, okay, well, now my game, let me release my game before January 1st, so I can get around that. No, it's uh, going backwards, too. So games that are already out that use Unity going forward, this also applies to. So they're, like, retro, like, going back and charging these people. So a lot of these developers of, you know, like, Vampire Survivors, Cult of Lamb, Among Us, a lot of them came out on Twitter and were like, yeah, you need to fix this because uh, Cult of Lamb straight up threatened to remove the game from the shop on January 1st if Unity doesn't fucking fix it. They're like, dude, we will straight up just delete the game like off wow. of it if you guys don't fix this shit. Uh, 
Because, you know, it's stupid. Like, no one wants charged this shit. And then a lot of people were saying that, you know, oh, well, what happens if someone pirates the game and installs it? Like, is will it detect that it's a pirated version? Um, for shit like Game Pass. Uh, you know, games made in Unity on Game Pass. Like, because they were saying it's per install. So if you have Game Pass Ultimate where it's like, oh, it's on my Xbox, it's on my PC, it's on my, like, that's multiple, in like, I have Sea of Stars installed on my laptop, and I have it installed on the Xbox. So would the developers for Sea of Stars get charged twice because I installed the game twice on two different consoles? Like, how would that work? Or if, because I'm one person, would it only get charged, would someone be like, Eh, like on the computer going oh well it's the same ip address that's it, so we're only going to charge them once like no like i guarantee you like they're like oh we have these safety like whatever we have someone who's going to keep track of this shit yeah you know that shit's going to fall to the wayside like no one's going to be able to keep track accurately of this stuff so a lot of hate has been coming unity's way and they've been trying to backpedal and explain themselves and do whatever to try and like fix this situation but i feel like the damage has already been done even if they completely pulled everything back we're like look okay we realized we pissed you guys off sorry rb uh we're taking it all back the damage i feel like has already been done you already spit into the face of the people who are using your engine to make games and make you money and then you had the audacity to like come up to them and like hold them up by their ankles and <laughs> shake their lunch money out of their pockets uh yeah. so r.i.p unity i'm just telling you that right now <laughs> like yeah, nobody dude, i know shit. dude a i know a lot of people who went on twitter and were like yeah so if you're switching from like your project from unity to another engine uh keep track of those costs and whatever because i'm assuming a class action lawsuit is gonna end up happening for this and uh, <laughs> you might be titled to some compensation if you're uh having to fix all this shit now yeah, uh, I mean, any any type of brand loyalty that they had is now gone because like anybody's gonna be like, okay, well they tried it once, and you know people basically realized it was full of shit. But if they had a different way to milk you out of an extra twenty dollars, twenty cents per download or whatever, I'm pretty sure they're gonna come up with some renewed way once their lawyers figure out some more technical jargon. So I mean, like, it's got to be like a bunch of people are just jumping ship right now. And the icing on the cake here, too, is that the CEO of Unity, a week prior to this announcement coming out, apparently someone offloaded a lot of stock shares of Unity. <laughs> so I feel like uh, someone knew that the reception to this happening was not going to be good, and they cashed in before their stock price tanked due to this scenario. <laughs> Which um, I think also is kind of on grounds for insider trading. <laughs> so I assume that's going to probably come into play at some point too. Mm, be, 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 look, where, or what was it? Check out this spot for more juicy details later. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Shannon, uh, I kind of want to, let's go, so we, we didn't go by it last week. I know, I see... Some lights are on, and I see some uh, yellow smoke pillowing above the trailer park this week. So I think our residents may be back at the trailer park. Uh, guys, um, I uh, 
I don't know how to tell you this. Uh, I'm glad you didn't come by last week. I got, uh, I went down to this thing called Burning Man out in the desert. <laughs> and uh, I thought it was just going to be something like super cool. But there are a bunch of weirdos running around there, lighting stuff on fire, taking some illicit drugs. And then it rained, which they hadn't done in a while down there. So like nobody knew what to expect. And it turned into like this sticky mud puddle where everybody just got stuck in the sand. Uh, long story short, I ate some shrooms and walked my way back home. So I'm glad we're here for them trailers because there's some, there's some bangers this week in the in a dumpster fire out behind the my, my trailer. Justin, take it away. Yes. So we talked a little bit last week about the teaser trailer for Aquaman, but boy howdy, did we get the actual full fledged Aquaman in the Lost Kingdom trailer? <laughs> and I'm gonna be on. I'm gonna be honest with you. It actually does not look as horrible as I imagined it looking. Oh, really? And like, really? I'm actually. I'm pl- like. It looks bad. Don't get me wrong. Like it's gonna be a shit show. It visually, in terms of like visuals, I actually didn't think it looked as bad as I imagined it looking. On the flip side of that coin, though, the movie itself looks <laughs> like it's gonna be dog shit. Like. They, Aquaman is now going to be a father, as is every fucking Marvel movie that's come out in the last five years. Like, Thor's a dad now. Tony's a dad now. Every, being a dad's cool. Like, Hulk's a dad. And She-Hulk, they're like, shit, we got to make Hulk a dad now. That's what's hot right now. So, Aquaman, he's a dad. And now he's king of Atlantis. Um, and, you know, Black Manta is in it again, he's the big bad again, except now he has the Black Trident, and is apparently more powerful, and he's coming for the throne, so Aquaman had to go find and release what is his brother, who is the dad from Insidious, which I think is fucking (laughs) funny that... It's a very much like Fast and the Furious type scenario here where you have Jason Momoa, who's Aquaman, who has a kid that's as white as some Office Max fucking printer paper, <laughs> and then his brother is this dude who looks like he's 20 years older than Aquaman and is white as hell. <laughs> it's just like, dude, like, okay, yeah, like, I guess in, in a world where John Cena is Dom's brother, I guess... I can accept that the dad from Insidious is Jason Momoa's actual brother. <laughs> I think it was more just along the lines of like who was willing to sign on to this movie when they knew the Amber Heard Johnny Depp drama was going on and needed money to buy yeah. to pay off their house. <laughs> yeah. Whose career was like, man, we can't really get any worse than let's just get that signing bonus and <laughs> Call it, do one for them, two for you. That's what they always say in the industry. <laughs> yeah, look, you're going to take one for the team now, but we'll get you back later. We'll give you a solid later, all right? Don't worry yeah. about it. Yeah, we'll put you in a better movie at another date. Was uh, the original Aquaman, I never watched it, so I don't know, but um, is was it as campy as this one? It seemed like this one was like, like the intro was like, yep. I'm a dad now, and I do dad things. And I was like, okay, Jason no, Momoa. No, like, what that, the fuck? that's what's funny is the first one wasn't like that at all. And when the trailer started out like that, I was very <laughs> taken aback by it. Where he's like, yeah, 
You're probably wondering how I got here. Yeah, <laughs> kind of a dad now. I have a little job. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's the king of Atlantis. And I was kind of <laughs> like, what the me, fuck is me, going on with the tone of this movie right yeah, now? Yeah, let me get my clothes off of the drying, the line. I'm drying them out. Like, you know, the sea breeze does them great. Like, fuck, come on, dude. Just how many times have you guys done this stuff in movies before? And it's like DC's like they're trying so hard to do like that Marvel thing with like Deadpool where it's like funny and jovial. And it's like, it's cringy. Shit. It's so cringy. Like the whole movie is a bad dad joke. Yeah, he's like, this is the villain. His name's Manta. Bet you didn't know, but yeah, he's black. He's the black <laughs> Manta. He's coming for the kingdom, but uh, little does he know, the power of family and friendship's going to stomp his ass. <laughs> little did he know, I watched Lord of the Rings, and I know there were seven rings, or one ring to rule them all, and there was like all these other rings. Like, I've seen this movie. I know how this plays out. The good guys are going to win. We don't got to worry. Watch yeah, me get smashed by these rocks. I'm fine. Yeah, no, the... First movie I watched uh, with Megan at home, and we made fun of it the entire time, which is probably the only reason why I will end up watching this is because Megan had a lot of fun making fun of the movie to the point where she actually wanted to watch it again just because she had so much fun. Us, like, movie science theater 3000, like, shitting on it the entire time. Mm -hmm. So I think I will probably end up watching it just for us to watch it and shit on it the entire time but it's definitely going to be a uh, an hbo max or a korean <laughs> subtitle movie i don't foresee me paying money to uh, go see this in theaters do not give this movie any of your money justin yeah none of no, it <laughs> I, yeah uh i i don't plan on it so how long how long did you count how long Amber Heard was in the trailer? It was like point one tenth of a second. <laughs> Dude, yeah, it was like honestly, I could not tell. Was that that wasn't her with the white hair in the trailer? No. Was it? No, yeah. that's that's a uh, Nicole that, Kent. Like, no, who is that? I don't know. Some some other big name actor, but no, she's isn't that his so, mom? I I, I, I I didn't watch the first one, Justin. I don't I don't okay. know. I don't know anything about Aquaman. I just all right, knew it wasn't Amber Heard. Is, yeah, no, but they there was, showed her a lot. There, there was there was a flash at the end that had her in it. It was like yeah, it was flash, flash. Like it was like two seconds. Not even a not even two seconds, bro. That's yeah. like that's like you blink an eye, you're gonna miss it. And it was the only reason I caught it was because of the red hair. And like I'd seen somebody put a screenshot saying this is the only scene in the trailer where Amber Heard is visible. And they like had to like play that game where like you like st like a it's like a, a whole bunch of images flashing yeah. and you have to hit the button Missed and slow it. it down <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah it's um yeah it, it's funny what how they how they stage that but I, I don't like uh the like little mermaid effect of this movie where it's like everything's underwater it's like it's like they're trying to you know do a green screen underwater while people are swimming or they're trying to give them the effect of being underwater and their hair is floating and stuff i was like oh my god like the visual nightmare of this movie. And it, it looks like somebody recorded this movie on their iPhone and forgot to clean off the lenses on the back of the camera. Like it's got that, like, like somebody put their finger over the, the lens and got like some grease on it. Some like everything's, on it. yeah, everything's like a little shiny and like foggy and just out of focus, just enough to make it seem like it's underwater and blurry. But yeah, it's, ugh, dude, there's so, <laughs> the more I watch it, the more I pick it apart, and it just does not look good, bro, it doesn't look good. Yeah, the first movie, I think, was like that, too, but they did, like, you know, half the movie, 
they are in Atlantis, but then the other half, they're actually, like, on land. So, I don't know if they're going to be in Atlantis <laughs> more because he's king of Atlantis now, or... And the dude's fine. The, you know, dude the one, wants to take Atlantis from him. But I just don't understand how you take a superhero whose prime superhero is water and then do a movie where he's not supposed to be in the water. Like, stay away from the water. It's not gonna it's not gonna work well, bro. It's not yeah. They're like Aquaman three, Texaco dumped a <laughs> bunch of oil in the water now. Clean it up. He like walks over and he's like in like some like flat part of the United States and he's there's a tornado, and he's like, watch this. And just, like, throws sharks in there from nowhere. Like, sharks are yeah. coming out of the sewer and stuff. He's like, it's a Sharknado. Dead right into Aquaman the camera. <laughs> visits Minnesota. Sharknado 8. <laughs> Aquaman <laughs> visits. <laughs> oh, God <fuck>. damn it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it's rough. Um, so, you know, let, let, let's... Our time at the trailer park was very nice. Let's uh, you know, let's do a little weekly consultation. Uh, Shannon, uh, what have you been playing this week? Uh, I feel like people are going to be very bored with hearing me talk about Sea of Stars for another week in a row. But um, that's the only thing I've really had time to play this week since uh, I've been playing it in bed. Um, yeah, I got the uh, there was a a Warhammer forty k um. Uh, like strategy type uh, game that came out, I think about two or three weeks ago. Uh, you know, very similar to like the Fire Emblems and the Final Fantasy Tactics that games that I like so much. Um, but it's set in the Warhammer universe, so um, I booted that up and played that for maybe like ten or fifteen minutes just to get through the tutorial to see if it was going to be a game that I was going to jive with or not. Um, and uh, it is. It seems like one of those tactics games that I'm going to uh, enjoy. And I like 40k. Um, I haven't, you know, it's been a bummer that like there have been some games that have fallen flat, but as of late it seems to be there's a a resurgence of quality Warhammer games. So um, I'm hoping to check more of those out soon. But um, Justin, what have you been playing? So I also primarily, I played a lot of Sea of Stars this week um i got a new partner which Ooh. i won't say who but okay. yes you do get more partner i feel like there's also one more um mm-hmm. that they're like alluding to that i'm gonna i think i'm on my way to go get cool uh but the new partner is pretty cool um but it has been a lot of fun i think i'm like 60 ish like percent of the way through the game um, so I think I've been making some decent progress. That's good. Uh, I'm, I think, uh, I just got the, I'm, I'm on the way to finish the ghost ship mission. Okay. Yeah. I do like the ghost ship. The ghost ship was fun. Yeah. It was cool. Uh, yeah. Like, tr- uh, I just, uh, I'm, I'm ready to do the boss fight in that area. The storm chaser, I think. So yeah. The one where you have to go to the different islands to like, yeah, I already did that big middle island. Okay. Yeah. I'm in the big middle island. Yeah, the big middle island is fun. Yeah, that's where the fight happens. Nice. How much? Um, far, how how f- much farther along are you from that point? Uh, probably maybe like three, four hours, like something like that. Cause yeah, cause like after that, I think you. I don't remember what all you do. Cause I know you do that 
and then I think you go into like the jungle and stuff like that, which is kind of like where I'm at now. Nice. Okay. Um. Uh, so I I did play that. I also I picked up Gunbrella, uh, which is <laughs> the new Metroidvania from. It's a new Devolver digital game. It's like oh, a 2D. Okay uh metroidvania kind of platformer where you have an umbrella that's also a gun mm-hmm. um i have not played it yet i got it for the car ride to disneyland so nice. i will be i will be talking about that next week once i've played it but as i said earlier i did play a little bit of a little game called f099 yeah i want to i want to hear about this yeah it's pretty chaotic uh <laughs> yeah i can imagine uh, yeah I I did like what's nice is it gives you a like when you first start up the game it gives you a little tutorial of like hey like do like some laps around this course and like you know and kind of makes you do the controls of okay yeah like go on the little power strip to like charge up and then you know here's do push this button to accelerate and you know, do this, and then it, like, slowly kind of builds up each lap, where it's like, yeah, do this lap, and then the next one, it's like, okay, well, now accelerate, and then the next lap, you accelerate, and they're like, okay, now we're going to add a couple enemy cars, and try not to hit them, and then now it's like, okay, we'll trail behind them, and collect the little yellow orb, so you can, like, get on the little top path and stuff to do that, and mm-hmm. then once you get through the tutorial, it unlocks the where I think you play with, like, 25 people. Okay. And it's like, oh, it's like F-Zero 25, and then you only play with 25. And then once you do that, I think is when it unlocks the uh, the 99. So it's kind of nice that it doesn't just, like, drop you in. It gives you options to kind of, like, get in the swing of things so you just don't immediately get your fucking teeth kicked in <laughs> as soon as you just, like, drop in and then little, like, Billy Fig Nuts over here is just, like, running you off the road, like, right from the get-go. So, I mean, that's kind of what it is, right? If, like, you're on the edge and the game starts, you're like, well, I guess I'm fucked. Like, I guess I'm just going to get, like, pushed right over the edge, like, right away. Is that well, is that how it is? Like, have you noticed that? Like, it's basically, like, just ships just getting flung off the side, like, right at the green light? So that's how, like, the way the course is, so you don't actually, like, fall off the level. Like, there's almost, like, railing. And if you get hit into the sides of the railing, it does, like, fuck up your power meter. Like, you do lose health or whatever for getting it, but you never, like, oh, like, spin out or, like, the Mario Kart. Like, yeah, someone comes zooming by and bumps you and you go flying at a (laughs) 90-degree angle, like, off the level. So that, that never happens. It's just you kind of just get dinged here and there. Um, I need to get better at, uh, like, one of the things that I'm, like, not super proficient at. A, at first, like, turning, like, around corners and stuff happens a lot quicker than you think it's going to. <laughs> like, I, after playing, like, Mario Kart and stuff, you know, I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm going to kind of take, like, the outer corner, you know, and then, like, turn... Yeah, no. Uh, once you like turn, <laughs> it happens immediately. So it's like Google, it's like, oh, we're turning right, and you push right. It's like right. It's like some like temple run shit where I wasn't prepared for that, and I was like, oh, okay, I'm gonna turn like now, and it was like way too fucking early, and then I like turned like into the railing and shit. I was like, oh shit, like that like happens happens like right now. Like it's not like a delayed response. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, there's like stuff like that, and then you know you get. 
bumped or whatever but there's little using the trigger buttons you can like kind of pivot to like it does like micro like you can move left and right with the stick and whatever but to do kind of like micro pivoting and stuff you use the triggers which i need to get better at that because i feel like mastering that i think is what's going to separate like the noobs from the like really good people mm -hmm. is being very proficient with pivoting like around other cars uh which i am not good at i think <laughs> uh when, when i actually played like a 99 match i think i got uh like in the 70s which you know mm -hmm. isn't dead last <laughs> but it's, it's not top 50 or uh, you know mm -hmm. winner winner chicken dinner but it was honestly a little bit better than i thought i was going to do for my first one so okay. i definitely want to check it out a little bit more it's not something like none of the 99 games like really uh like sucked me in i think tetris probably did the most because it was just new at the time and it was mm -hmm. like fun but i feel like it is just a nice little like oh you know like the round's over in like fucking like a minute and a half like each round's like 90 seconds gotcha so it goes by you know and that's if you actually like finish like you know if you die before then then i feel like it's like maybe a minute if that so it goes by really quick which mm -hmm. is nice you know your your investment time is low you can get you know a couple races in in like a couple minutes which is really cool nice so I feel like if you have Nintendo Switch online, you know, give it a free download, check it out, you know, let us know in, in the Discord. How did you do in F Zero ninety nine? Um, so shit, do you, do you hear do you hear some sirens? I I do. I I, I hear I hear the sirens. They're back, and it's comforting. Yeah, they sound almost a little primal. <laughs> uh, they, so, they do uh yeah uh, I, I heard you watched a little movie this week called transformers rise of the beast i did uh <laughs> the hottest of jams uh the one that uh zach didn't even know was out this year but um <laughs> yeah i uh i watched it um it's you know it's good. Uh, it's as far as Transformers movies go, it's all right. Um, like the, you know, they really struggle to find like that human character that really kind of jives well with the audiences. Um, you know, Shia LaBeouf or Shia LaBeouf, whatever his name is. <laughs> Shia LaBeouf. Shia, Shia. Guido LaBeouf. <laughs> Guido LaBeouf. Uh, hey, uh, you know, his the first movie he was in, I. I felt was a strong contender. Like I like that movie. Um, I still kind of hold it in pretty high regards. I think it's one of the better Transformers movies. But I would say this one's probably like a a good second, like to try. Um, I think the whole like, like I mean the whole plot of the the movie is basically there's like some like Galactus level Transformer who basically just bas goes through the universes uh, eating planets. Uh, just to stay alive, which I thought was weird because it's a freaking robot. Like, it's not like an organic creature that needs to eat to survive. So, like, it was basically created to destroy other planets. I get it. Okay, fine, whatever. And it's got basically three underlings, and one of them's name is, like, Scourge or Scourge or whatever. And his ability, basically, is to shoot you and basically coat you with rust. And the rust is some type of, like, virus that turns other Transformers, like, into 
his underlings. So, you know, they're doing this whole thing. Uh, you know, the the primals basically take the key that would allow this ultimate being to tri- to jump between universes to faster to eat more planets, and they basically go to Earth and they hide for like thousands of years. Uh, so like that's kind of where, you know, the the uh, the Autobots that are beasts kind of come in, right? And then, you know, Optimus Prime is kind of in his, like, angsty, like, teenage years. Like, doesn't really care for humans. Like, is crash-landed on Earth and is trying to figure out a way to get back to Cybertron so he can continue, like, fighting Decepticons. Um, and Or, you know, saving his Autobot, like, families. So it's, you know, there's a little bit of, the, of like, you know, the character before we meet him. And he's all altruistic. He Like, there's parts where, like, he really doesn't trust humans and... You know, the human are, is only really doing things in this movie because he doesn't want the world to end and he wants uh, free health care for his son or for his brother. Sorry. So it's Respect. just like, <laughs> yeah. So you're like, OK, like a, a scathing indictment of like the Medicare system here in uh, in in the United States. But, you know, it's, it takes place in 1994. So there's like, you know, a lot of rap music in the soundtrack. That's kind of cool, like from my heyday and like. I watched it with my son, so I kind of had to preface it with like, "Hey, there's it's a PG-13 movie, so there's probably going to be some swearing in here, and if you hear a bad word, you don't repeat it." Um, but it wasn't too intense for him. It, there were some like intense moments, but I think overall, my six-year-old son handled it pretty well. Um, I also think it's pretty funny because they talk about how like Scourge is like uh, like in- indestructible; he's invincible because the planet like grants him powers. So, like, he can't be killed, but Optimus Prime basically, like, rips his head off, like, in the final battle, and, <laughs> and the dude's dude's obviously dead at that point. I'm like, okay, like, this guy is, this dude's definitely not gotten superpowers. But um, it was weird because uh, the main Transformer is, uh, what was it, Jax, I think, is, is who it is in this one. Um, but, or no, Mirage, that's what he is, Mirage. Um, and he's like this 1994, like cocky, like Porsche is what he is. And for the longest time I couldn't figure out who was voicing him. And I was like, who is voicing this guy? And then I had to look it up and it was Pete Davidson. I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> he's doing who the voice it? of Pete Davidson. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's, I was like, that's who I thought it was. And I was like, wait a minute, who was it? Yeah. And I was just like, oh my gosh. Okay. Uh, and he does an all right job, uh, for the character, I guess it's, it's okay. But you know, if, if for a transformers movie, it is what it is. Like there's, you know, transformers who are like, you know, we need to protect the earth. We need to protect these people. We need to protect their history. And then they're fighting in like Machu Picchu. And they're basically like blowing up the whole fucking hillside that Machu Picchu's on. <laughs> and you're just like, well, I guess there's some collateral damage here. So it's okay. I guess. <laughs> So uh, Optimus Prime like comes crashing through Mount Rushmore and just like beats the <laughs> shit out of like a Decepticon with Lincoln's nose. It's like every Transformers movie turns into like a Team America World Police, like th- three quarters of the way through the final battle. Like, oh, we just need to screw some shit up here real quick. Um, but yeah, it was a uh, it was all right. Like, I wouldn't. Um, I mean, I w- I I bought the movie, um, but it was on sale uh, through Apple or the iTunes. But uh, if you can find it for free, it's definitely a good watch. Maybe if like it goes on sale and you can get the movie for under ten dollars, I'd buy it. But um, you know, 
hold off a little bit, guys. Like save your money for yeah. For, for I imagine things. it'll be coming to Paramount Plus at some point. I, if it's not already there, like I feel like a chump for saying that because I didn't even bother to look there before. I just pulled the trigger on buying it. But uh, but yeah, n- like get it for free, guys. Get it for free. Korean subtitles, <laughs> the way to go with this movie. <laughs> <laughs> how about uh, how about you, Justin? You watch anything this week? So I've been uh, I start. It came out. It's called uh, it's the new Adventure Time show. It's nice. Fiona and Cake, and I was a huge fan of Adventure Time when it was on Cartoon Network. And there's been on HBO Max and stuff. They've had some not spinoff, but kind of like you know little like eight episode events or like three episode whatever specials and stuff you know that they've like done. But this is its own show. Um, it does, it take, so, I will say, like, it does actually take place in the Adventure Time universe. Like, the events cool. of actual Adventure Time matter in this show. Um, so, if you haven't seen, like, all of Adventure Time, um, you will probably be a little lost. I know it's been a while since I've watched it, so there were numerous points where I was Googling stuff to be like, what happened to this character? Like, to try and remember, like, what happened since that show ended, like, years and years and years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do I do like this show because it's also, because it's on HBO Max and not Cartoon Network, it gets away with a lot more. Like, it is a little bit gorier hmm. than Adventure Time. And also the language, it's not like they swear, but it's a lot more questionable like they get away (laughs) with some stuff that i'm like i know damn well like that wouldn't have flown at cartoon network they so finn is in this uh i there's only like five episodes so far and finn was in one of them and he's like an adult now and he was fighting this monster and he said he went to punch the monster in the face and he said (laughs) suck these nucks and then hit him (laughs) in the face and that killed me. And at the same time, I was like, dude, that would not have flown. It fucking Cartoon Network sucked these nuts. Um, oh, man. I need that so, on a shirt. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, dude, that's pretty great. Uh, that's awesome. So, but the general premise of the show, if you've never seen Adventure Time, so Fiona and Cake are uh, basically knockoffs of Finn and Jake. That in the show, Ice King made a fan fiction little book series about the adventures of Fiona and Cake. And Fiona is essentially just the girl version of Finn. Um, so she kind of looks like Finn, but instead of his little white, like, bear hat, she has, like, almost like little white rabbit ears and her little blue shirt and, like, a skirt and whatever. And then Cake um, is a cat instead of a dog, like Jake. And Cake has the same powers as jake like she can stretch and do whatever and change her shape and they go on adventures and everybody in fiona and cake uh is like gender swapped roles so like instead of princess bubblegum it's prince bubblegum uh marceline instead of the vampire queen it's the vampire king and stuff marcel and so every all the roles have kind of been reversed in the original adventure time so we get to fiona and cake this show and it's interesting because when it starts out so like fiona and cake did not exist in adventure time like there was always like fun little special episodes with them but like 
their universe wasn't real. It was just stories that Ice King made up and stuff. And so in this show, though, it starts out and Fiona's in, like, a very real, like, Brooklyn-type city. Like, <laughs> she's not an adventure. She's not in the land of Ooh. It, nothing's magic. She works as, like, a tour guide on, like, a bus and her cat, Cake, is not magic. It's a normal cat that just meows. It can't talk. And I'm kind of like, okay, like, I don't know where this is going. Like, this is kind of weird. And so she's, like, doing her job, and a bunch of shit happens, and, like, she gets fired. And Cake has been acting weird, so she's trying to take Cake to the vet. And Cake ends up, like in one of those little ice cream trolley carts or whatever, this, like, portal opens up and Cake runs and, like, jumps into, like, the portal and then, like, disappears. And Fiona's, like, trying to find Cake, can't find her. And then um, the person who's, like, the uh, male version of what would be, like, Prince Bubblegum and stuff runs a bakery. And so... Fiona's, like, hanging out there and putting up, like, missing posters, trying to find cake and stuff. And then in one of the coolers, a, a that same portal, like, opens, and Fiona ends up going through it. And then they, like, go into a different world. So while all of that's, like, happening, we get to see each episode kind of revolves around a different character. So, like, that was, like, Fiona's kind of, like, first episode. Like, that was about her. So then the second episode is about Ice King. And so Ice King in Adventure Time, if you don't know his past, him, him he was around when the this nuclear the story of Adventure Time is essentially this like bomb goes off and like fucking wipes out Earth essentially and then creates these like candy monsters and whatever and Marceline who's the vampire queen or whatever was like a little girl and this scientist finds her and is, like, trying to, like, go through the apocalypse with her. And he ends up finding a cursed crown that when he puts it on, he gets ice powers. But at the same time, it's also, like, scrambling his brain. And the longer he wears it, the more of, like, himself he loses. And then eventually, in the show Adventure Time, in order to save Marceline, he has to put the crown back on. And he kills all the monsters or whatever but in doing so he completely lost himself and then ends up abandoning marceline and going wherever and kind of forgets everything and he had a wife and he had like all this shit and he just like leaves everything because his like brains just completely fucked and then in the show adventure time uh the events at the end he ends up his body gets reversed and he becomes human again and like the crown gets destroyed and like quits working and his wife sacrifices herself for him to like come back to life or whatever and so now in this world it takes place after that so now he misses his wife he's fucking sad he's not magic anymore but he exists in a world that is magic and so he's trying to do some like doctor strange shit to bring his dead wife back and ends up instead opening a portal between Fiona and Cake's world out of the back of his head, and then that's when their timelines kind of meet up, and then Fiona and Cake come out the back of his head into the land of Ooh. And he's like, dude, you guys 
aren't real. Like, Ice King made you guys. Like, I don't believe this. Like, I'm trying to get my wife back. And then, like, in the next episode, you end up finding out there's this guy named Prismo who's the Wishmaster, and he grants people wishes and da-da-da. But one of the rules of his powers is he's not allowed to grant himself wishes. He's not allowed to make anything for himself. He can only make stuff for other people. And he ended up making something for himself. And it was the universe that Fiona and Cake live in. Like, he (laughs) created it. But because he's not allowed to make anything for himself, he had to keep that universe a secret. Because the universe, it's like very much like the Marvel multiverse, where like everything coexists and it's connected via spider webs and whatever. But because the Fiona and Cake universe was never supposed to exist, he couldn't connect it to the rest of the worlds. So he had to separate it and hide it because he wasn't supposed to make it. <laughs> and so he hid it inside Ice King's brain. And so Ice King thought he created Fiona and Cake when really Prismo created it and just planted it in his brain. And then Ice King would have dreams about that universe and then write the books of the adventures. And so he thought he created it, but he never actually did. And then this dude who's like a, um, works for some like bureau or it's almost like the high table. And like, he collects whatever he ends up finding out that Prismo did this shit that he wasn't supposed to. So he's like coming to destroy Fiona and cakes universe and like bring Prismo in on charges of abusing his powers, wish master. And so Prismo, is like trying to help them because he doesn't want them to die because he created them. And so it's like a lot darker than I thought it was going to get. And I thought that was cool how they brought Fiona, made Fiona and Cake real since they never existed before. And it's like, okay, well, technically they did exist. And Ice King just thought they were stories, but it was a real universe that he was seeing. But now their universe is like in jeopardy and they're like in this land of ooh universe now. Um, that's such a so. trip that like writers think like that, you know, like they come up with a story that's like that, that you have to peel back like that many layers to kind of, you know, like to partake in. No. And that's what makes it great is dude, there is hundreds of like adventure time, Easter eggs and stuff like hidden throughout the show. Like if you're a fan of the show, like it has a lot of the voice actors from adventure time in it, like certain characters like, you see Marceline and Princess Bubblegum again, which, if you don't know, in the show, it was heavily alluded to that they were an item once, but they couldn't be an item because she was, like, the princess and whatever, and then they end up kissing at the end of the show. But then you get to see them, like, they're together getting tattoos and stuff and Fiona and Cake, so it's cool that, like, they made that canon that's like, yeah, they are together. They're, like, a lesbian couple that, like, exists together and, like, Jake's an adult now, and he's this big, burly lumberjack dude, and he has, like, a tattoo of Jake on his chest, and Jake's <laughs> dead now. And oh, so no. he has this, like, yeah, well, I, we don't know what, I'm assuming he's dead. Like, I don't know what happened. Uh, they they haven't said yet um, why Jake isn't there, but I'm just assuming that he died at some point. Um, but, yeah, so it's, like, you have that, and then, you know, you have, like, all these other characters, like in one of the crowd shots, you could see Finn's mom in there, which there did a whole like three episode special where Finn got to meet his mom. But you find out like that's not his real mom. Like it's a robot that was made like in the likeness of his mom because his mom died like a long time ago, like whether she was a scientist and stuff. So, but she was like there and it was like, okay, that's cool that they kind of have like, 
these characters that like existed like throughout adventure and they kind of sprinkled them in here and stuff and that it's all like connected to the original universe and it's not just like its own thing that they're trying to do off mm-hmm. of that previous show nice so i definitely recommend checking it out if you're a fan mm-hmm. it's been such a long time since i've watched adventure time i i'll probably be in the same boat as you like i'll probably just have to try to just take it all as a brand new entity itself with yeah, familiar or characters. go on YouTube and be like, hey, give me the 10-minute rundown of what <laughs> happened in Adventure Time. For sure. Yes. Uh, anything else? Did you watch anything else? Uh, no, I mean, that's pretty much it. I mean, I watched uh, Season 4 of Harley Quinn just ended. Uh, it's been great. Uh, they did some, like, uh, killing joke, whatever. Like, Batgirl got shot in the waist and is, like, crippled now and stuff, which is pretty funny. I mean, it's not funny but it's funny that they read they of course make fun of it and like whatever and like lightheartest but harley quinn continues to be great we're getting a spinoff show called kite man hell yeah just kite man who's okay. like you know a d-list character but he dated poison ivy in the first couple seasons of harley quinn but then in season three her and harley got together and so she like dumped kite man and like did whatever so he's getting his own show now uh <laughs> Which is hilarious. Like, Kite Man was hilarious in mm-hmm. Harley Quinn. So I'm happy that he's getting his own show. But it has, mm-hmm. like, Harley Quinn in it. It has Bane in it. Like, it has a lot of these characters that are in Harley Quinn also in this show. So I'm like, yeah, you know, sign me up. I know we're getting, like, incre- in, not incredible, invincible, mm-hmm. uh, you know, soon and stuff this year. So, you know, it's a great time for uh, animation fans right now. And the renaissance of the writer's strike. Yeah. Well- animation's hot. Where do you um where do you watch the Harley Quinn show? Uh it's on um HBO Max. Okay. Uh so season 4 just ended um on Thursday. So now now's the perfect time to uh you know catch up. Yeah. Mhm. Some solo but, solo episode time. Yeah. But aside from that, I know you didn't watch uh, this week's Juju Kaisen, so we will we will table it. I don't want that to be spoiled for you. It was a cool episode. Yeah, I'm gonna watch it tonight. Uh, so I'm sorry that uh, you had to wait an extra. You have to wait an extra week to talk about it. But uh, I will try to get up on it. I'm I'm excited for it. So I want to see. Did, does it answer the question of what happens to Mekonaro or um, no? Or, okay. Uh, but but fights start breaking out. The the everyone who's in their separate squads in the uh, Shinjuku or whatever, like different fights start breaking out now amongst the different people. So shit's awesome. popping off. That's rad. I'm excited. Um, but besides that, you know, I think I think we have a show. Nice. So we're gonna land this plane, right? Yeah. You, you know, Shannon, get <laughs> us out of here. You know what, guys? Um, thank you very much for watching another, listening to another episode of our uh, of our wonderful podcast. Uh, Two hundred and sixty one episodes under our belt, and I still say you're watching our show. Um, <clears throat> you know, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Facebook, uh, join our Discord, get your friends in there. Um, you know, spread the word of that pixel life. Uh, you know, we have a lot of interests, uh, and uh, we, we we talk about a lot of cool things. So, um, yeah. I uh, can't think of really anything else. Happy belated birthday to Jordan. Um, I meant to say it last week, and I totally dropped the ball. So Same. Uh, yeah. I'm, Happy I'm, birthday, Mr. Platinum. We love you. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And uh, let me see. Uh, Justin, if 
Zach was here, what do you think Robbie would say? <laughs> if Zach was here, Robbie would say, hey, guys, go be great. If Zach himself was here, he would say, hey, guys, I'm trying to record a podcast right now. Can you shut the fuck up? <laughs> hey, uh, I, went sh- I, went, I went fishing today, and my arm got bit off by a great white shark. <laughs>